0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you this evening, thanking God for this wonderful opportunity that he's given us to be together again around the table of his word. We are going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your love, for your mercy and your grace that have brought us this far. We gather around the table of your word, Father, in anticipation of what you will minister to us by your spirit. And we thank you, O God, in advance for meeting each one at his or her point of need. And Lord, we also thank you for the revelation of your word and for the corresponding grace to put it into action in every area of our lives, that we may be changed, that we may be blessed and become a blessing to others. We thank you, O Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we are looking at the topic, Christ's present ministry in heaven for us. Amen, Christ present ministry in heaven for us. Uh, to launch uh, our study, I'd like for a moment to go over uh, what it means when we say that we are redeemed, amen. So in, in, we need to understand that in order for redemption uh, to happen. Um, Satan had to be defeated, amen. Um, Not just for a moment, but his defeat had to be eternal, eternally defeated. So truly uh, in looking at God, god's redemptive plan we see that satan's eternal defeat was the objective and at the same time um, freeing us from the power and the authority of satan and reconciling us to the father in order that we may be we may live the life that God had planned for us, even from the foundation of the world. So Jesus's uh, redemptive work should be taught um, in terms of what Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12 says. Um, Let's go ahead and read that passage, Hebrews 9, verses 11 and 12. It says, but Christ... Being come and high priest of good things to come, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood he entered redemption for us Amen. So we see here that Christ has obtained eternal redemption for us, amen, by his own blood, hallelujah. And so again, uh, the redemption, the redemptive work of Jesus should be taught in terms that Satan is eternally defeated. This required that Jesus accomplish um, a threefold victory and and which he did. Um, So first, it was his victory over Satan during his earthly walk. Um, And the second victory was his victory over Satan in his substitutionary sacrifice. And thirdly, his victory over Satan in the new creation that is in the born again believer. So looking at uh, Jesus's victory over Satan during his earthly walk, we know that uh, in every contact with the enemy, Jesus conquered him uh, from resisting temptation, Um where, you know, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 tells us that um, we have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was in all points tempted like as we are, but yet without sin. Amen. So Jesus was able to resist every temptation. And and in, in the other part of his uh, Jesus's victory over the enemy in his early uh, earthly walk uh, is in regards to bringing deliverance to others. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 explains how uh, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went around um, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, amen, and with power. And in every encounter uh, that Jesus had with those who needed deliverance, um, he healed, he delivered, um, he set uh, the captives free. Amen. He went about doing good. Uh, so this is the part that we that, that concerns Jesus' victory over, during his earthly walk. But now when it comes to um Jesus' victory over Satan, um, in his uh, in, in his death, Amen. Um, substitutionary sacrifice and his victory over Satan in the new creation. The Bible tells us that uh, Ephesians chapter two and verse 10 is the result of uh, this victory over Satan. And it explains that we, that is the born again believer is his, that is God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them amen that is in the good works so as a result of the new of Jesus's victory the the redeemed person who is now a born again believer who is a new creation is the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So we see that when the Holy Spirit went into hell and quickened Jesus from the dead, and that's stated in Romans 8 and verse 11, uh, what happened was a recreation, amen. In other words, that is Jesus was now begotten of the Father and he had, he became the firstborn among many brethren. And therefore, we, the, that is the born again believer, in the mind of God, uh, were recreated also. When Jesus conquered the adversary and totally vanquished him, a man stripped him of his power and authority res- reducing him to nothing. In the eyes of God, though Jesus did it, but because we are in Christ, it is as though we had done it, amen? As if we had conquered the enemy. Um, When Jesus rose from the dead, it was our resurrection, amen? The Bible tells us that we are crucified with with Christ. We are buried with Christ and we are raised with Christ. Amen. And in addition to it, Ephesians 2 verse uh, 6 tells us that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 explains that if any man is, um, is in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. All things have passed away and behold, all things are become new. So we see that this new creation, amen, now um, has the ability to live that resurrection life. And that is why the born again believer is called to reign and rule over the enemy. You know, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 says that we, ye, are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So it, when, when someone is born again, you can say that, that, uh. The the one who raised Jesus from the dead, that is the Holy Spirit, is in us. Amen. and has made us this new creation in Christ. We now have the life and nature of God. And the one that is in us, the Holy Spirit, is greater than any force or power outside of us. And therefore, uh, we can confidently, uh, walk in, in the light of the word. For example, 1 John 4, 5, amen. 1 John 4, 5, amen, says, um, verse 4, what for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, amen. So whatsoever is born of God. Hallelujah. Are we born again believers? Are we new creation in Christ? Hallelujah. We are born of God. And whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. So the purpose of Christ's finished work was that he might make it possible for the natural man to become a new creation. And by that, uh, become uh, the righteousness of God in Christ. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 tells us, that God made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So, um Righteousness is therefore the key to the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. Uh, righteousness means the ability to stand in, in God's presence as though sin had never been. Uh, you see God intended to create a redeemed people who stand before Him, justified by the blood of Jesus. With no sin, without any sense of condemnation, guilt, or inferiority, Amen. So, um, in going back to what the Holy Spirit has done for you know is He has done and is doing in us, uh, I mentioned that Romans chapter eight and verse eleven tells us that the Holy Spirit. Uh, went to hell and quickened Jesus from the dead, he made it alive again. Uh, but remember in our last session um, we studied that after Jesus had um, satisfied the claims of justice amen after meaning that, that he had died for us, he had paid with his blood amen um, he had Satisfied the claims of justice, and then he was resurrected from the dead, in you know, other words, that he had been made alive in the spirit. We saw uh, in Colossians chapter two verses fourteen and fifteen, uh, a graphic picture of uh, the combat that uh, unfolded amen. Uh, let's go ahead and turn again to that passage, Colossians 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Amen. So what we see here is the great combat where Jesus um, met the entire satanic force uh, and overwhelmed them. He stripped them of their authority, And um, that's the authority that Satan had ever since the fall of man. He had tricked men into um, turning over the dominion, the authority over everything. Um, And since then, he has been ruling um, mankind. So... Jesus stripped that authority over from him. Now, in Revelation chapter 1, and if you remember in verse 18, Jesus uh, made the statement. He said that, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Jesus made that statement after he had conquered the adversary and taken the keys of death and hell from him. So we see that uh, Hebrews, in Hebrews 10 and 12, verse 12, um, this verse here crowns Jesus' victory. Um, Because, you know, it says this, Um, Hebrews 10 and verse 12, he says, but this man, after he had offered the one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Amen. So what we are seeing here is that Jesus is now, not only has he uh, conquered the enemy, amen, but uh, he is now sitting on his throne, which depicts a position of victory and of rest. In other words, the work is finished, it is done. So it's important to us uh, to note that not only was the battle won, that is that Jesus finished his work of redeeming us, that is saving us from sin and its penalty here on the earth, but immediately he stepped into his new ministry to safeguard his substitutionary work and to, to safeguard the new creation that is you and I. Amen. So we're stepping now into uh, the, the topic that we have for today, which is Christ's present ministry in heaven for us. Amen. In other words, Jesus is gone into heaven for us. And um, you see all that Jesus had had accomplished would really be of no value if he did not take a careful care of it and protect it uh, by means of this present ministry. And what is this ministry? That is Jesus who continues to work in heaven to perfect God's work of grace and glory in us in the new creation, Amen. And this ongoing work is referred to in the Book of Hebrews as His high priestly ministry. We are going to read from verses um, Hebrews chapter six uh, and verses nineteen and twenty which speaks of Jesus as being a high priest. Uh, Hebrews 6, 19 and 20. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil where the forerunner is for us entered, Jesus Christ made a high priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek, amen. So we see here that we have a hope, amen, and that hope is the anchor of our soul. And that hope is both sure and steadfast. Why? Because Jesus has entered into, through the veil for us, into the presence of of God, he entered for us, being made a high priest forever. So he went into the through the veil into the very presence of God to make intercession for us. Amen. Um, he's become our high priest forever. So we have this hope, amen. And it is a hope that is firm. It and it is. And, you know, this must be our earnest expectation that is rooted, uh, anchored in the reality that Christ is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. And he will die no more. And he has obtained everlasting righteousness and eternal life for us. Praise God. So. When we understand what it means to be redeemed and what Christ is doing for us, amen, Uh, when we take God at his word and judge him to be faithful, uh, then we will see the fulfillment of his word in our life. And this is the place where, uh, when we take God at his word, that the impossible becomes possible. Amen. So as we look at um, Jesus's present ministry, uh, we are going to see exactly what this ministry entails. Amen. And to do that, we're going to look uh, at uh, the book of John, um, John chapter 20. which which gives a picture of Jesus's resurrection. Amen. And in that account there in John chapter 20, Mary um, had gone to the tomb and found the stone, that the stone had been rolled away. And she looked, Mary looked into the tomb, but did not see Jesus's body and became alarmed and uh, Jesus appeared on the scene then, but Mary did not recognize him at first. And then we read uh, in verses 16 and 17 of John chapter 20, what Jesus uh, said to Mary. And we are reading, I'm reading that those verses. It says, Jesus says unto her, Mary, and she turned and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. Amen. We stop here uh, because I want to explain uh, what was Jesus saying here um, when he said to Mary that he was Um, he must first go to the Father. What he was speaking about was that he needed, first of all, that's primary, to carry his blood into the Holy of Holies, which must be accepted by God, amen? Uh, Who is the, the, the judge of all. This is the highest court of the universe. Amen. So his blood needed to be carried there as the seal on the document of our redemption, which is the New Testament. Amen. And in doing so, Jesus stepped into his new ministry, that of a high priest. A priest is one who represents man to God. And in this case, Jesus is not just a priest, but he is the high priest. He is God, the son uh, presenting his own blood to the father to satisfy the claims of justice against humanity. Amen. And so we see that Jesus the, the died. He came as a man. He died on the cross for us. He died as the lamb of God. However, he arose as the Lord High Priest, amen. And so uh, we saw earlier that uh, how Jesus had obtained eternal redemption for us, amen. Um, In Hebrews chapter chapter two and verse 17, Jesus is called the merciful and faithful High Priest, In the things pertaining unto God, making propitiation for the sins of the people. Amen. That's Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17. Now I want us to take note of that word. Um, It says that, you know, he was the is a faith, merciful, and faithful high priest in the things pertaining unto God, in making propitiation. Amen, for the sins of the people. So uh, we are looking at that word. uh, Actually, we will look at it a little later. But um, in going back to Jesus's words to Mary, in telling her that he must first ascend to his father, uh, it was because this uh, first ministry um, at the right hand of the father, as we said, was to satisfy the the claims of justice. Amen. Uh, Jesus was delivered um, for our offenses. Romans 4 verse 25 tells us that, and then he was raised again for our justification. Amen. So it's it's really one of the most important subjects for the church to know uh, the righteousness of God, that is imparted to to mankind through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus. God raised Christ up for our justification. So when Jesus was raised and um, we were justified, amen, the the Supreme Court of heaven, or should I say of the universe was satisfied. And at this point, amen, he took the proof of his sacrifice, which is his his blood uh, into the Holy of Holies and put it upon the mercy seat uh, in heaven um, and sealed this redemption document, which is the New testament, which we, we study is established in his blood So this New Testament has been signed with the blood of Jesus. It is sealed and and delivered. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, it's truly by by God's love, amen, by his mercy, by his grace, um, that all of this has been done for us. And glory to God, we can truly say that mercy Triumphed over judgment, Amen. You know, uh, in 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 Romans chapter five, um, that the first verse there, uh, Romans five one says uh, concludes that we are. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. So we have peace with our father, we are now reconciled unto him, amen, because we have been justified, amen. We are accepted in the beloved, praise God. And so God sees us now through the blood of his son. Remember, I mentioned the word propitiation, amen. Uh, well, let's connect all this to, the, to this word, propitiation. You see, the Bible says to uh, in First John chapter 2, And verse 2, that Jesus himself is the propitiation for our sins. Amen. That's 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. Let me read that. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. So this means that on the cross, Jesus became our sacrifice to redirect God's wrath that was meant for us unto himself. So he took the penalty, he took the wrath upon himself. Amen. So the word propitiation um, in the Septuagint um, Bible, which is the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, That word here, propitiation, is the same word as mercy seat. Amen. So when the apostle John said that Jesus is our propitiation, he was saying that Jesus is actually our mercy seat. Amen. And what does this mean? Well, in looking at the mercy seat, um, we see that um, the mercy seat was made of one solid slab of gold, amen, that was beaten into shape. So in the old um, tabernacle, amen, um, this, the mercy seat that you would find was Again, as I just mentioned, it was one solid slab of gold, but they beat it and gave it this shape. So in, that symbolizes that in the same way, uh, Jesus, who is our mercy seat, uh, for him to take our place and be our mercy seat, he had to be brutally beaten and afflicted so that, Uh, as we are told in Isaiah chapter 53, that by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. So you see, God is love. Hallelujah. Uh, But God is also just. Uh, And he exercises judgment because he is just, but his delight is not in judgment. God's delight is in mercy and grace. And the Bible tells us that God's anger lasts only for a moment, but his mercy endures forever. Amen. And we see that the anger of God ended the moment that um, it was exhausted on Jesus at the cross. Um, In fact, even uh, his judgment. Demonstrates his grace uh, towards us, that is because instead of judging us for our sins uh, which we deserve to be judged, but the judgment fell on his son uh, Jesus, in whom there was no sin amen, so the judgment that we deserved fell on Jesus, where while the blessings that he himself deserved came to us, so this is the favor of God towards us. This is the grace of God, and only love could do that. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Sins, Amen. Um, therefore, uh, by the Holy Spirit who lives in us, we can live. Uh, and walk like Jesus. Uh, Romans 5 and verse 5 tells us that um, the love of God um, is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Amen. So we can love like Jesus. Amen. His spirit is in us. And his love has been shed abroad in our heart. So um, truly the same way that, you know, God has loved us, we are called to love one another. Amen. And we shouldn't go around um, trying to lift the mercy seat. In other words, looking for sins, um, you know, and judging those that uh you know may have sinned or offended us, let's not lift the mercy seat to uncover their sins, nor should we um, have uh you know walk around with guilt or condemnation. The Bible tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, Jesus, why? because the price has already been paid and we have received the grace, the mercy of God. Hallelujah. And Jesus took our punishment instead of us and he has freed us. Amen. And so our sins have been removed forever and God remembers them no more. So let's show the same mercy to others that we ourselves have received from from God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we see here that Jesus um, paid the price for us. Now we are looking at his ministry as our mediator. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Acts chapter 12. um, I'm going to read that passage. Acts chapter 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. So we are told here that Jesus is the sinner's only savior. Amen. Um, The sinner cannot reach God without a mediator. And In Hebrews chapter six, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter eight and verse six, uh, it goes on to explain that uh, Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, amen? Um, Let me go ahead and turn to that passage, Hebrews eight and verse six, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry? by how much also is he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises, amen. And so we see that Jesus is our mediator, amen. First Timothy 2.5 also seals this point about Jesus being our mediator, saying that there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, uh, as mentioned before, Jesus' substitutionary work would have been of no value uh, to the unsaved, um, to those who are unsaved, unless Christ had become the mediator between uh, the lost or the unsaved and God the Father. Amen. And so, no man can approach uh, God through the, uh, no man can approach God except through the the mediator, amen. So Jesus explains in um, John 14 and verse six that he is the way, he is the truth and the life. And he says, and no man comes unto the father, but by me, amen. What does Jesus mean when he says, I am the way, meaning that he is the way to the father, uh, and then he says, "I am the truth," meaning that he is the reality, and there is no reality outside of him. Amen. And then he goes on to say, "And the life, he is the life," meaning the eternal life. He is the na- the nature of God. Amen. So, so we see that um, God has really covered uh, every angle. Amen. He has not only has Jesus paid the price for us? He is our mediator. Amen. And we're looking at tonight at his high priest, priestly ministry where he, he, is, um, um, he is an intercessor for us. Amen. And an intercessor is someone who is standing. Amen. Um, before God, interceding or praying uh, for others. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, man, after he becomes, that is a born-again Christian, um, after he gives his life, surrenders his life to the Lord, um, you know, he's, he goes on living, that is you and I, we go on living in a world that is dominated by Satan, And therefore, we need the ministry of an intercessor, somebody who's going to pray for us. Amen. Someone whose prayers are always heard. And we see Jesus, uh, you know, in that role of an intercessor here, uh, what he's doing in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, which tell us. It says, but this man, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Hallelujah. Notice that uh, Jesus is here to save us. Amen, he, doing this ministry to save us to the utmost. And the Bible says that he ever lives, meaning he lives forever. And his ministry is to intercede for us. So we should not be overwhelmed, amen, um, whenever, whenever we are facing temptations or uh, you know, challenges, or we are in a a hard place. Why? Because we know that in Christ, not only do we have a savior, amen, but Jesus goes on. His ministry is ongoing. He ever lives to pray for us, amen, to assure our victory. He lives forever as our high priest. Uh, He's carrying us on his heart. Uh, to make sure that we stand complete and perfect in all the will of God for our lives, Amen. Uh, actually, we see Paul praying for the, uh, the the church there, there, the Colossians, and he is praying for this very thing that they would stand complete and perfect, Amen. In uh, all of God's will for their lives. And so this is God's desire for us as well. And, um, you know, we, we, what, this, what they had received then is this very same Holy Spirit uh, that we have received right now. The same Jesus who was then is the same Jesus who lives in us, Jesus Christ, you know, forever, the Bible tells us, he's the same forever, yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. So we are well able uh, to position ourselves to fulfill our divine destiny and the purpose for which God has brought us into this world. Amen. For such a time as this. Hallelujah. Uh, So we see that uh, the apostle Paul uh, understood very well, um, you know, had that revelation. And that's why he was able to say in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So, uh, you know, Christ is in his intercession, he strengthens us. Amen. So we are told to... To cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Amen. So he is not only our savior, he is our mediator. And then we also see that uh, Jesus is our advocate. Uh, When we sin and our fellowship is broken, we have someone at the right hand of the Father uh, who is ever faithful. Amen. And um, we are told in First John, uh, chapter one and verse nine, that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So, um, you know, Jesus is there not to condemn us. Amen. It's to make sure, that everything, that the cross that he went through, um, that we partake of every aspect of it. So he's here as our advocate, amen? In First John chapter two and verse one, um, let me go ahead and read that passage where we are told that Jesus is our advocate as well. First John two and verse one. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, amen. So you see, he is our advocate. So whenever, uh, you know, if we lose our sense of righteousness uh, because the adversary has gained too much ground in our life. um, In other words, when we sin, then we confess our sins And, um, you know, we, we, we cry to God for mercy. Well, Jesus takes up our case. He is the righteous one. Amen. That's why he says we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. So Jesus is the righteous one who can stand for us. Amen. And so when we lose this sense of righteousness because we have missed the mark, amen, uh, then he can restore us again to our relationship. Praise God. Uh, righteousness is key in uh, our redemption, as we saw that, amen. It is our uh, the ability to stand uh, in the Father's presence without a sense of guilt or inferiority. And so we have to remember that When a believer sins that he does not lose his place as a child of God, but what he loses is his fellowship, amen, with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, But thank God we have a, a lawyer, amen, an advocate, and he ever lives to watch over those for whom he died and suffered And um, again, you know, it was all of that, the cross, it was done for us, amen. Uh, You know, Jesus didn't have to go to the cross for himself. The whole plan of redemption was for us, amen. Um, Hebrews 9 and verse 24 said that Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, amen. So uh, when we remember that Jesus loved us as sinners, amen, uh, and gave himself for us, we are, you know, now we are his redeemed ones, we are members of his very body, And we can come to him without fear uh, and with, you know, joy and with boldness, uh, fully assured of his love and power to save, power to heal, power to deliver and make whole. Amen. Um, You know, in Hebrews chapter four, uh, we are invited to do just that. Um, Let me go ahead. We're going to read that passage. Um, Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven, heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, amen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So what do we have? We have uh, a high priest who when when we were sinners, he came and died for us as our savior. He is our intercessor. Hallelujah. He represents us. So even when we miss the mark, amen, we sin. After that, we give our life to him. Amen. He doesn't reject us. He, he stands to you know, plead our case before the God the Father as our advocate. Amen. So we have a high priest, we have a mediator, an intercessor. Hallelujah. One who loves us. The Bible calls him the lover of our soul. Amen. Hallelujah. And he is seated in the highest seat of authority in the universe. Amen. Um, And he lives forever to make intercession for us. And he is now calling us, as we see in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, to come boldly to the throne of grace. That means that we are to come into his presence with our needs, um, you know, knowing that, um, you know, the Father gave his his son for us because he so loved us. Amen. Uh, So we can come boldly now to make us this workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So that we can be partakers of God's divine nature. So we have to look at ourselves as God's very sons and daughters. And when we come into the throne room uh, of God, Remember that God is on our side. Amen. Um, The word of God reassures us that, you know, if when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, how much more now, you know, will along with Jesus Christ give us, freely give us all things. Hallelujah. So uh, Romans chapter eight. um, And, you know, concludes by saying this uh, in verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, the answer is nothing or no one. We can joyfully make our request with thanksgiving because it's our Father who is on the throne and our Lord Jesus Christ who is seated by his side. And so um, with fearless confidence, we can, you know, we make our request. Uh, There is no sense of unworthiness. Why? Because we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we have a legal right to stand in his presence, amen, Uh, without any guilt, amen, Um, without any sense of inferiority, Uh, We are his family. This this is his throne room and he invites us. He's our father. We are his children. And this is a family uh, setting that he's inviting us to. And we are assured that Christ, as our intercessor, will never fail us. Amen. Um, You know, we, we can go to God. Uh, about anything and everything that concerns us, whether it's big or small, amen. Um, Because God wants to be involved in every aspect of our life. Nothing is ever too small for him, amen, Uh, or too big either. So the Bible shows us in Psalm 138 and verse 8, that the Lord will perfect that which concerns us. Amen. Um, and in, in Psalm 16, and verse six, we are told that the lines um, are fallen unto us in pleasant places. Amen. Hallelujah. And therefore we have a goodly heritage. So, because of all these assurances that the word, the word gives us, amen, um, we are told to hold fast our confession. The, that is the confession of our position in Christ, the confession of our legal rights as children of God um, and of what he is to us as a father. Uh, and what Jesus is as a savior, as a high priest, and as an advocate. Amen. Um, You know, the the spirit of God cries uh, in Romans chapter eight, um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Again, as we said, we see, and we see actually that Nothing or no one can separate us. Satan has no ability to do it. Um, circumstances cannot do it. Amen. Um, and even when we miss it, if we are to repent amen, and you know we are told that we have an advocate, therefore even sin cannot separate us from the love of God because We have our own advocate, we have our own savior, we have our own intercessor, and therefore we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, hallelujah. Um, uh, Let's turn to Hebrews chapter seven and verse 22. Uh, And we see that um, we have a certainty that uh, this Testament, that we are living under is so much better than the old one. Uh, Hebrews 7.22, it says, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Amen. So Jesus is the surety. He is the guarantor of every word in the New Testament. Amen. Uh, From Matthew to Revelation. So we can rest assured of his promises. Amen. Um, and then we also have Jesus' own words, which were um, where he, he, he states that heaven and earth can pass away, but his word shall not pass away. Amen. Um, the integrity of scripture is God's absolute faithfulness. Amen. Uh, Jesus is called faithful and the true. Hallelujah. And um, we are also told concerning the integrity of scripture um, in Psalm 138 and verse 2, that God has magnified his word above all his name. Amen. Uh, and what does that mean? It means that the word of God cannot be broken. It, uh, you know, the, the, the throne, uh, its throne cannot be overturned, amen. God has mighty, magnified his word above his name, hallelujah. And so we can really um, you know, take hold of the word of God and be you know, firm, stand firmly on the word, knowing that the word that goes forth from God's mouth shall never return unto him void but it shall accomplish what God pleases and it shall prosper in the thing whereto he sends it amen hallelujah we can be assured that god watches over his word to perform it amen and so uh, the 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 you know the question is are we willing to um take God at his word, knowing that nothing can void the word of God or make you know um of no effect the living word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um the word of the angel to Mary in Luke chapter one and verse 37 verifies this. You know, it's it says, you know, the angel told her he says, for with God. Nothing shall be impossible. Amen. Mary, Mary's answer was, let it be done unto me, according to your word, regarding of how impossible it looked in the natural. But with God, the the angel reassures her, all things are possible. Amen. So we must depend on the word of God. And, uh, you know, Jesus and the word are, are one. Uh, we know from the, word, from the Bible that um, in the beginning was the word that the word was with God and the word was God and Jesus is the word. And so we have to put all of our uh, faith, amen, um, into the word of God, amen, and allow it, the word to establish us and grow us in more faith. Hallelujah. Um, we are told in Romans, Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. We've come to, uh, we have to come to that place where we depend our whole life. Everything about our life is dependent on the word of God. Hallelujah. We, we think the word, we do the word, we speak the word, hallelujah. And, uh, you know, Jesus is our Lord here on earth. Um, and uh, in his relation to, to, to the, the body of, I mean, to, to our life here on the earth, to the body of Christ. However, he is our head in heaven. According to Ephesians chapter 22 and verse 23, you know, it says that God has put all things under his feet, that is Jesus' feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Hallelujah. So Jesus is our heavenly head. We are part of his body and he loves us. Hallelujah. And nothing amen, can uh, reverse uh, the the effect of the word in our life if we remain faithful to it, if we keep trusting and walking, amen, in the light of the word as the Holy Spirit leads us, amen. So as we continually yield, yield ourselves by faith to the lordship of the word, amen, to the lordship of Jesus, and the Lordship of the Holy Spirit, we will get to a place, uh, to that place, amen? There is a place there, hallelujah, uh, where we intimately know who Christ is, uh, who he is in us and who we are in him. And uh, we will build this stronghold of uh, his presence around us, amen? where we are encountering him in our daily life experiences as high priest, as mediator, as intercessor, as advocate, and ultimately as the lover of our soul. Amen. And so this is God's will and plan for us, for his children. Amen. Um, and Jesus lives to continually intercede for us so that we can be saved to the utmost, which means that there is nothing that we need that he has not already provided. Amen. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. So let's submit to him. Amen. So that we can live confidently in his love, knowing that regardless of the battles and the difficulties in our circumstances, that the enemy that is Satan is eternally defeated and that the greater one is in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, Father, we thank you that today Jesus is still living and working on our behalf. So no matter what challenges we may be going through right now, we know that you are on our side and that uh, things will surely turn around for our good. Jesus, our intercessor and great heavenly high priest is saving us to the uttermost. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that there is no judgment against us. We thank you that there is no weapon Against us that shall ever prosper in the name of Jesus. So, through the eternal blood of the covenant that is ever speaking on our behalf and making a new way for us into the place of life, into the place of peace, into the place of abundance that you have ordained for us, Lord, we boldly declare this day our victory in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior our mediator, our high priest and intercessor, and our advocate, oh Lord. And yes, our the lover of our soul. Lord, we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I trust that this study has ministered to you, has blessed you, and we invite you to um, visit us again and be with us Uh, Next week, at the same time, that we may continue to study together the word of God. God bless you and have a good night.